again. I'm here to talk to you a little bit more about how to give awesome feedback that sticks. Last week, we talked a little bit about how to prepare for that discussion. Well, today, we're going to get into a lot of the tips that are going to help you have a really, really effective discussion with a person who may have made a mistake or two, or may have a pattern of behavior that isn't serving your business or that person or you very well. Why are we doing this? Well, guess what? Every supervisor and manager, anyone who manages anyone, is managing someone who's imperfect. And I know, I know, I'm perfect, you are, but guess what? We're not. And we have had situations where we've messed up and we've worked with people who have had performance issues that need some correcting. And we are all about giving you some of the tools that can help. Now, in the last month or so, I put out an appeal to as many people as I could, and I asked them, what is their most important question about giving feedback? Well, more than 200 questions came through, and I have a whole bunch of them here. And many of them, at least I think it was 27 of them, had to do with how do I give feedback and keep the person from feeling defensive or hurt or downtrodden or criticized. So we're going to spend a little bit of time on that today. Now, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I've been there and I've done that. <laughs> I was in corporate America forever, it seems. And one of the things that I did learn in corporate America is it is not smart to think that a behavior blip is going to go away. And so it's really effective and useful and important to get in the habit of sharing feedback with people. Now, as a side note, sharing feedback works really well when you're giving both positive and negative feedback. And I actually like to suggest that any operation has a kind of a two to one ratio. Two nice, positive, Adagal, attaboy types of feedback to one correcting feedback. But the one, the bugaboo that's really getting to a lot of people is how to give that correcting feedback. And so there are some things that I want to share with you. I've learned them over the years. I've learned them personally. I've learned them from other people. I've learned them from all my reading. And I'm an executive coach. And I've learned them from my clients, actually. My clients struggle with this as much as they struggle with just about everything else. Because it's awkward. People don't like to be telling other people what they've done wrong or what to do differently. I don't know. I feel the same way. You probably do too. There are some ways to do this that make it less uh, challenging, let's say. And I'd like to go through a few of those with you. Now, one of the things that if you haven't watched the first video, it's really important to watch it because the staging of your mind and the staging of the setting is important. And the Cliff's notes on that last video are, is, <laughs> put them at ease. Make them feel comfortable. Make them feel like you two are in this together. I know that may sound foreign to you because 
you're in a situation of trying to correct a behavior, but yes, the goal is to get them to listen and to care about what you say and to make a change. And if you create defensiveness, if you attack them or if they perceive they're being attacked or hurt, that wall just goes right up, right up, and you have lost the person. You have basically lost the person. And when they leave the room, they're going to shoot the messenger. They're going to hate their job. They're going to hate you. So what do we do differently? What do we do about the conversation? Well, the first thing is, when you're going to have the conversation, build some rapport. Don't pull one of these, hey, Pat, get into my office. <laughs> that doesn't work. I mean, Pat already is probably a little wary about being called into the office, so their tentacles are already up. So we want to start with, hey, Pat, how do you enjoy the game last night? And you don't have to spend more than a minute on it, but it's a respectful thing to do. One of the themes that I'm going to be carrying through all of this is respect. And sometimes that's hard because if you're upset with someone and something they did, sometimes you feel disrespect towards that person. Well, the point is, if you feel that way, don't have the conversation. Wait until your respect has, has regenerated and, and get into a place where you believe this person can make a change. All right? So you want to build some rapport. The next thing you want to do is talk about the performance that's expected. Don't talk about what they have done wrong first. Talk about, as you know, we're a very busy company and it's really, really important that everybody is at their desk and working at 8 a.m. when we open up. Now, what didn't I do there? I did not quote policy. So what we want to do is we want to explain the desired behavior because it makes sense, not because of a procedure or a policy. The minute you start quoting policy, you lose a person. So we're going to say, hey, it's really important everybody's at working at their desk at 8 a.m. when we open up for business. And then the next point is you explain the misstep. You explain the pattern or you explain what isn't happening that should be or what is happening that shouldn't be. And the really, really important part of this is for you to give evidence. If this person has been late for work, note the dates and times that they arrive for work. The more specific you are, the better, because it is attention getting. And the other point about all this is, for the first five or so minutes, oh, I don't know how many minutes, but for the first part of this, you are doing all the talking. And if they start to talk, this is what we say. We say, hey, um, I want to get through this, and I'll give you more than enough time for us to talk about this. Once again, do you see how this is for us to talk rather than for you to justify what you did? <laughs> Once we do that, then this, this one's really a cool piece of it, and that is we self-acknowledge. And what that means is, you know, Pat, 
there have been some times that I just feel, didn't feel like getting out of bed either. Uh, it humanizes you. And many times, especially young supervisors and managers, think that they have to come across as perfect. But when you humanize yourself, you engage the person, and they are more likely to listen to what you have to say because you have just self-deprecated. <laughs> and what that does is it actually endears the person to you. It's kind of a leadership strategy. Anyway, so that's where we go with this next. And then for the next several sentences, this is where you sell them on why the desired behavior is good for them. And you try to do it in three ways. One, why it's good for them, why it's good for the unit, and then why it's good for you. And so if you can give them reasons other than that's policy, <laughs> don't do the policy thing just in case you missed my point, then you can give them reasons to get to work on time and to start work when everyone else does. At this point, this is when you basically say to the person, hey, um, my, I'm all ears. Um, any, do you have any comments, anything you want to share with me? And 99.9% .9 of the people will share something. Now, one of the most important parts of this is for you. <laughs> Listen to this. It's for you to comment this way. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm, take notes. Do not get into a, an argument or a dialogue. Let them talk until they're talked out. You might think that that's kind of weird, but, and then, oh, the other point is, when you think they're talked out, count to five, because they're probably not talked out. <laughs> and they might, may, might want to talk a little bit more. But caution, caution, danger, danger. Beware that they might be trying to transfer the responsibility for the behavior to you. And we're not going to take that. I actually had someone in a situation where they were not uh, arriving at work on time. Asked me if I would call them in the morning. Hey, no lie. No lie. This is not my problem to solve, unfortunately. Um, this is yours to solve. I can brainstorm with you about ways, but this is for you to fix. Anyway, this is how you can have a very productive conversation. And you don't even have to defend. I mean, they already know that they've been late for work. And the next thing you ask is, can I count on you to never be late for work again? Think about that and see what they say. The fact that you have had this conversation, boss to subordinate, is actually more important than the conversation itself because they know they have been uh, talked to about it. And they know that you are tuned into it. And now it's up to them to fix it. Um, somewhere in here, sometimes there are reparations that need to be made. Uh, someone may have had a bad conversation with a client or customer, they might need to call them back. Somewhere in that mix, that needs to be agreed upon also. And then at the end, at the end of the conversation, 
Let's just say, hey, Pat, I really believe you can do this. And the clincher is, you need to believe that. Because if you don't, they'll feel it. And that doesn't work. So this is just a little bit of a template about how to go about having a conversation that will work. Here's my request of you. Not selling you anything. All I want is for more dialogue on this. We've gotten some really good comments from our last video, and I would love to see some more comments. What do you think this will work? What are your questions about it? Even though I have 200 questions here already, <laughs> I'm open to more. So if we haven't clarified anything, please go to the web page. And the web page is fbformula-comments on my website, marciaegan.com. Till then, I'll be really interested in your comments, and I hope that this has helped even just a little bit.